0: It's fans of the genre 44 for October 20th, 2017. I'm Rhodes Clark. I'm Brian Swanson. And I'm Mikey Krieger. This is the show where we talk to you about Ennui, Bus Etiquette, and Terrace House, but today we're gonna talk to you about video games. Deja vu. I yeah, feel like we just did this. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um I didn't save that audio we just recorded, so it's not like it's gonna get in there as a as a Easter egg or a bonus. As a blooper so, reel? Yeah. Oh mine's still there, but you know. Yeah. Where my uh, computer did a fart. This is definitely the first time we're trying recording this episode. So yeah. just, yeah. Um, so, guys, we've been recording this podcast for about a year now. Oh, wow. Yeah. How does that feel? Uh, it, it
1: feels pretty good. I can't think of anything in the past, like, 12 months or so that's gone on that's, you know, might have, like, destabilized the world.
0: Yeah. Every day seems to be getting better, like, by the minute. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, this Urgh. podcast is sort of a downer. It's like, oh, uh, this is yeah. taking me away from the greatness <laughs> of the world.
1: Well, like satire Urgh. aside, yeah.
0: If you listen to last week, oh yeah, last week's was pretty sad. <laughs> sad boys, while I'm gone, we, we got I, we got real. Yeah, I've just been feeling like bad. Like, but Duke. this last week, um, it's been a little better, just like professionally and personally. But like, video game news is bad. <laughs>
2: it's a shitty week for games. Yeah, it's, it's
0: a really weird week for video games,
2: or just a very like. Uh, like, important week with bad news. (laughs) Yes, sure.
1: Well, it's it's the darkest before dawn, and that dawn is going to be Super Mario Odyssey next week.
0: Oh man, you guys are you guys are going to be insufferable next week.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, because I'm we're going to be stuck at a Halloween party when Super Mario Odyssey is available for us to to have been playing. Wait, you want to just sit on a
0: couch and like ignore everyone else and just play together, like giggle and stuff, kick kick our feet. You guys can do that. Um, is it available on Thursday? Or is it Tuesday? It's Friday, twenty sixth. Okay, so do you think it? Do you think it goes live up. at nine p.m. on Thursday? I think noon. No, or, um, no sorry, it, not noon. It's, midnight. It
1: is like Friday. It's not like a. Okay, well,
0: oh, you're right. Sorry, for some reason I thought we were hanging out on Thursday, but it's uh, it's Friday. <laughs> oh no, boy! No, I'm, yeah, I'm just joshing you. I'm we can reschedule
1: joshing. if you want. No, so that, that's my Saturday thing. My okay. Saturday is going to be Hangover and Mario.
2: You should um. I'm gonna go from hangover to hangover, going to another party
0: on Saturday. Damn, you should have uh you should you should take Friday off. Just play play the video games.
1: Um, I might. I'm just he's throwing, gonna say no. I'm just oh, throwing the idea maybe. out there.
0: Uh, I mean, Mario's a
1: game worth doing that for.
2: Speaking of throwing things, yeah. Go ahead. A new Sony labels publishing <laughs> Wait. a Nintendo
0: Switch game. You want to intro this actually? Well, sure. I guess we can do news first. Um, let's go into the news. Uh, the news totally scroll. This up. So I'm sorry, Rhodes. It's okay. Baby. No, no, no. It's all Rhodes, good.
2: we
1: have to. We have to do our segment that we did three weeks ago and then never again. <clears throat> the one I'm not supposed to know about. Yeah, the daily scroll. That's there what you happens. go. That's what it was. Except it's yeah. weekly. I
0: realized that. <laughs>
1: Oh, no, I I realized that when you said it, and I was like, let's just fucking go, let's do it. Okay, you it can start over.
0: And do a take three if you want. Yeah, do you guys want right. to like hit pause and we, read this again? No. Okay. Yeah, we, uh, we need one of
1: those like uh, clicker things for the for the movies. Like like fans of the genre. Episode thirty or er, forty four. Take three. Clap.
0: Yeah. Um. We'll see what I can download off of the interwebs. Uh. Let's get into the news. The Daily Scroll. Um. In kind of a weird move, but not unprecedented for Sony. Uh. Sony is starting a new publishing arm and they will be publishing games um, outside of the PlayStation family. So hmm. uh, it's called, I, I i think it's pronounced Unties, but it looks like Unties
1: yeah. to Unties.
0: me. Um, let me just read this opening paragraph from a Polygon story. Uh, Sony's expanding its horizons with a new publishing label that is set to bring games not just to the company's own consoles, but Nintendo Switch and PC too. Operated by Sony Music Entertainment, Aunties will focus on smaller titles designed for multiple platforms. Um, okay, aunt, so auntie like sounds an indie like a publishing firm, almost. Yeah, Auntie sort of sounds like like a nickname for your aunt. Oh, it's like it my. Sounds his- like it, yeah, it'd be like it, it's kind of like naming a console the Wii. Sure. Yeah. That name. <laughs> um, so the first game is something called Tiny Metal, which Polygon describes as an advanced war-style tactics game it will launch on PC, PlayStation 4 and Switch. I yeah, I saw that at um Pax. PAX. Yeah, you guys talked about it, right? Did did you see I it too, Mikey? I didn't get to um. I didn't get to play it,
2: but I walked past it in the indie mega booth and mm. they were just like Advance Wars and then everyone would turn over and they'd be like play our game.
1: Cool. Yeah, no, I, uh, I saw that one and I was like, "Oh shit, this is super like my aesthetic. Nice. Um but like it's I am very bad at strategy games. Yeah, um, I
0: was about the same say the same thing. Yeah, yeah no, I, I yeah, it, it kind yeah, of yeah. I was actually like just it, about to say that Mikey's really bad at strategy games.
1: Yeah, no, it kind of reminds yeah, me of like yeah. Battalion Wars a little bit, like the um, oh shit, kind of I have game that game. game. Um, like when it's zoomed in, it kind of looks like that, but like from the top down, it almost looks like 3D game heroes meets Advance Wars. Kind mm-hmm. of like it's got the same kind of blocky, colorful, um, kind of grid-based aesthetic. I thought um, it was gonna
2: be more 2D, honestly, from the stuff that I. And I didn't play the demo, but when I saw all the marketing stuff for it, I thought it was going to be like a 2D kind of thing. But yeah, you're right. It's very 3D.hero meets like Battalion War aesthetic.
0: Anyway, I'm kind of curious what you guys think about Sony, their music division, I guess, um, starting to publish games on other platforms.
1: I think that's the weirdest part is that it's like Sony music entertainment.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I, I mean like Microsoft has um Minecraft which is on everything. True. And like it was everywhere like when they bought it, but um mm-hmm. and like Nintendo's now putting games on mobile and I I think the weird the weirdest other than it being Sony Music Entertainment, like the weird part about it is like how anti like cross-platform play Sony is, but then like they're also yeah. like creating games explicitly for other uh platforms like but but this is launching on playstation 4 too right yeah um is gonna be like or some of these the games that the studio is making has like psvr support um Hmm. and i yeah i believe this is also gonna be on pc so pc playstation and nintendo switch i doubt
2: that this game will will hit retail too like i feel like this will just be like on digital yeah And so it just makes me think like they're probably just investing to get a, a like some extra cash
0: yeah uh i mean they This can't cost them very much they had sony online entertainment for a while which turned into a different studio um, daybreak yeah daybreak he does h1z1 right mm-hmm. um so it's i guess you know it's not unheard of i think it's actually pretty smart um to most people they probably don't know it's a sony company and you know whatever mm-hmm. i don't think it really matters it, It's it's smart that they yeah like you said make more cash gosh could you
2: imagine if you booted that game up and it just immediately like splash screen just said sony yeah and it like
0: switched to like better on playstation 4 (laughs) um so on to the next bit of news um the super nt was announced by a company called analog which is a company that uh that makes uh not like third party they're like third party um versions of older systems. And the the difference between this and something like a Retron five is that it's not emulation, it's simulation. And for a uh detailed explanation of that, I think most of these articles about this thing will help describe that. But you can also listen to the most recent bombcast, which had someone from, uh, really from, from GameSpot who's like really into this sort of stuff. Um talking about the differences. And I I think the the clearest way to distill it is that the the type of chip they use, which is called a Field Programmable Gate Array, or FPGA, uh, is literally programmed to think it is a Super Nintendo. So you're not like emulating software, you are simulating hardware. Um, And this is is a little uh, $200 box that will play your old Super Nintendo games. Um, but also output to 1080p uh, via HDMI. You can put a Bluetooth dongle into the SNES controller slot and you can use uh, pretty much any modern controller. You can use the DualShock 4. I think you can use the Switch Pro controller. You can yeah. use the... They're teaming up with a company called 8-Bit-Do to create um, wireless SNES pads that like are true to form.
1: Yeah, th- those are the coolest looking parts of it to me is yeah. scrolling down like I said. At the bottom of that article, you used to have those controllers. It's like, oh shit! Like,
2: yeah, um, yeah. And go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like another way to think about this, like the, I think, a really easy way to just sort of like wrap your head around what they're trying to do is, essentially, instead of buying one of those cheapo like three-in-one like consoles, you can buy it like a Target or online now that that can play like a NES game, a Super NES game, or an and a Genesis game. Like these things exist. They're garbage. Because yeah. they're just these like they're just these like boxes that um, aren't optimized really to run these old games. It's not like actually having a Super Nintendo and right. playing you know Super Mario World on it. And so this this Super NT is essentially a, an expert going back and like building a a console specifically for Super Nintendo games that like is gonna going to play it just like an old Super Nintendo would. Exactly. Instead of emulating and like downloading a ROM or something.
0: And this guy who goes by uh, KevTris is someone who's really known in this like FPGA programming community. And he um, did like contract work for Analog's first consoles, the NT and the NT Mini, where I, th- I think maybe it wasn't contract, but maybe it was like stuff on the side. He was developing software and and stuff that would let the Mini NT... Or the NT Mini, sorry, turn into or like play other uh, console games on off of an SD card. So they they hired him to do work on the um, Super NT, and they are very coy and kind of knowingly saying, you know, this thing supports uh, third party, like you can fuck with it basically. Um, so everyone's sort of expecting Kevtris to. Do what he did for the NT Mini with this thing, um, even mm-hmm. though he's a full-time employee.
2: The other thing about it too is that uh, it plays games at like 1080p yep. um, with with no latency or lag or anything. So if you were to plug in a Super Nintendo to it, you know, a, a 1080p TV, it would just sort of output its original signal. Which well, first of all, um, you'd you're...
0: have to find a 1080p TV that still has component cables, right? And you'd have to, or, or you know, do some sort of conversion, and that always ends up fucking things up.
2: Even I did it. Even have uh, component cables back then, or was it like oh, that weird other like S-video cable cord? Or <laughs> yeah, S video, and so like okay. either way, it's like hard unless you have a CRT TV laying around still. Mm-hmm. But so this Super NT is, is essentially just going to be like a perfect emulation of all of your old cartridges, and uh, yeah, like that's that's really big for some people. Like I don't know if I I don't really want one. I ever since the Super NES, like, uh, the SNES mini or whatever came out, like I realized I don't really want that either. So it's not for me, but I still think it's like really cool that there are like people that are looking to archive this and update it for the modern world. For
0: sure. From that angle, I think it's the most interesting is being able to like reliably, uh, play old games without having to do some like weird aftermarket, like Mm -hmm. emulation. And I think, I'm more interested in this than I was the SNES Mini or Classic or whatever. Um, primarily because I think it looks cooler. Like they got Corey mm-hmm. Schmitz to do the branding for it, which is rad. Uh, yeah. And then is that- he did all the... Um, he's done basically every single Vox Media logo uh, oh. with exception to The Verge and I think Vox. But like he did all the refreshes for Curbed, Racked, uh, Polygon. Polygon. He, yeah. Very cool. Um, and then also he... He and a couple other designers redesigned Oculus, um, their new logo, newish logo. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, I'm yeah, I'm very interested in this. I think it's cool. I Like something about the SNES Mini didn't um, interest me, but this, like I said, I think it looks cooler and it's basically bridging the gap between like doing that Raspberry Pi style, like all-in-one console thing and then what the SNES classic is doing. So like, if you want just something that plays any SNES games, great. But also if you do want to program and like get Genesis games running or other like 16 bit games, like go for it.
1: Yeah. That's pretty cool. But like, I still have a TV with, um, analog inputs. So like I can actually still play my super Nintendo and all my old games, like without any like accessories or, um, like, dongles to get it set up but uh yeah like my tv like my main tv in my living room like that doesn't even like not only does it not have analog inputs but it doesn't even have like buttons so like like i need my remote for it and like yeah. it's like a little bit of a pain in the ass but like yeah i wouldn't be able to play my super nintendo at all if i didn't have my tv from eight years
0: ago yeah exactly so that's pretty cool Uh, pre-orders are live for the Super NT Um, they are $190 and that's that they will ship in February Uh, I think it's pretty cool Um, it's especially cool that price is pretty reasonable when you consider that the NT and NT Mini were like $500 and $450 respectively Um, it's because they they switched from building them with aluminum and metal to like a really high-end plastic which like who cares um so that that's cool it seems relatively affordable i mean that's twice the price of a snes classic but you get to play all the games on the snes plus the potential for more so right what uh on on to some um like sadder and uncom- more uncomfortable news uh A ex-developer of, uh, at Naughty Dog uh, by the name David Ballard um, alleged in a series of tweets on Saturday that he was terminated in February 2016 after informing the studio and Human Resources, resources Department of its parent Sony Interactive Entertainment of, the her, of harassment allegations. Um, he said that he was offered $20,000 in severance pay on the condition that he remained silent about his time with the studio uh naughty dog has since acknowledged um and disputed these allegations uh in a really shitty apology or shitty statement i would say yeah totally, yeah we wouldn't call it an apology <laughs> sorry yeah I, I didn't mean to call it an apology no yeah um it's
2: yeah it, yeah it's one of those situations um where it seems like um conversation may have been had but Naughty Dog probably you know at least covered their ass and didn't report anything yeah and so now because they did everything
0: over the phone is what um I think has been reported
2: that yeah I think that that's that's the most like on like that that would be reasonable to like to like believe with with this whole situation like I know that there are conversations that happen like all the time at businesses like or places where people work where it's like don't write that down just just uh yeah we'll handle it and then that th- that could very well be what happened here i know we're all speculating because none of us are involved with it, anything having to do with these folks but yeah
1: yeah and yeah he put that out on i on twitter at like noon on a saturday and then like 8 a.m uh on sunday naughty dog had their comment and they're like oh we didn't find anything it's like what the fuck are you t-? like yeah, like you gave not even a full day's worth of effort, like, right. and on a weekend, weekend, like, yeah, a business day. Yeah, no, like, uh on Waypoint, they were t- like drawing comparisons to Polygon's investigation of Nick Robinson, where they're like, they didn't make a statement of, of whether anything happened or not. They're like, "Hey, Nick suspended while we figure this shit out," right? And then it took a few weeks of them like going through, and then they're like, "Yeah, like we we parted ways with him," like, and yeah. Yeah, like, like, they did an investigation, like, they were, like, radio silent while they did it, like, they took it super seriously, and then, like, Naughty Dog was just like, oh, nah, like.
0: Yeah, uh, it was kind it was, of the, you know, Polygon is part of Vox Media, which is one of the largest media companies in the nation right now. I guess you could say the world, because they've got reporters everywhere. Um, they're, they're one of the most funded Uh. Mm-hmm. I would say in the media landscape, they're up there. They're they're pretty large, but they also aren't dealing with a large international company like Sony who owns Naughty dog, who, you know, was involved in these allegations, uh, according to Ballard. So like I can, I can it just, it's easier for me to picture a larger company being more hush hush about shit like this than, you know, a video games website. Like it sucks. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people kind of this is this is in in light of a, of a week of shitty men revealed to be what we thought they were and even shittier than we thought they were right but yeah what I'm disappointed about is that David Ballard has every I like he has all my respect and I he had a lot of courage coming out and saying this thing but this allegation is getting way more attention than any other woman that has come forward and said something about a video game company. I, yeah. I have followed people on Twitter that like openly accused well-known people in the community of sexual assault and harassment and no one reported on it. Um, And I, it just, this, this whole thing strikes me as a failure of the gaming press to like, Know what to do with this sort of information, because, like, no shame, no like no shade to Jason Schreier or Kotaku or even Patrick at Waypoint, but like, I think it's really gross to like ask this guy to like talk more about it and to use names and to like reach out for comment and, you know, you've got people that are saying shit like, you know, I hope this, I hope more pe- things get exposed, I hope more people come forward and like, yeah, that's true. We want all of that, but we also have to protect these people. Cause like I, coming forward, you already invite yourself to harassment, but like right. shining a light I mean, on it, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I could be off base, but I just, I just feel like disappointed with the way reporters are talking about this without the sensitivity necessary to like, make sure that the people are okay, I guess.
2: Yeah. It, it definitely seems to be coming from a perspective of like, Oh, I got to write a story instead of like oh, we should tackle these systemic issues that are coming up. And and you're right. Like this is an issue like um about like this is one issue that seems to be kind of rising to the top for like no particular reason, most likely other than like it's it's a very big publisher right now or a big developer right now and
0: and a beloved developer. It's, like not like, dog beloved fans are and,
2: like insane. I wonder if it's also easier sometimes like as we all just check around biases and and like I wonder if it's just easier sometimes for for like certain reporters to just narrow in on an issue that revolves, revolves around men than versus compared to the, the a lot of issues that are coming up that revolve around women with the yeah. same issue with the same situation um but like our hearts all go out to folks that have been affected in this way of course and like I, I want like-
0: nothing for the best of David Ballard. And what I'm kind of getting at is like, I wish people would just kind of leave him alone until he's ready to talk more. Like, yeah, I don't think it's fair for certain situations. And this being one of them to just like, I don't know, ask for more information when saying anything at all should be enough, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I
2: mean, that said, I think we are all, you know, taking this time to reflect as, as men in this world. Absolutely. Um, when you know allegations like this come up you know what what have we what have we let pass by and what have we done versus what we need to the way we need to role model and behave um in this world and so yeah i don't, I don't i'm keeping a very close eye on things that are happening and myself and yeah. my friends
0: for sure i'm not too. letting anything fly anymore i'm over it
1: yeah i i think the reason why this is getting a lot more attention than most other things is like like, A, it's a very big and, like, well-respected, um, like, entity in, like, the gaming community. Uh, like, even though kind of everyone's kind of gotten a bit of uh, fatigue from, like, the Uncharted games and such, but, like, those games are still huge and, you know, like, you see it in the responses to Naughty Dog's statement where people are like, oh, thank God, it's just a sexual harassment thing. I thought Last of Us 2 got delayed yeah like yeah fuck that like yeah that's super shitty but um i think the other reason why is because it's a man coming forward and saying like like no i was sexually harassed at work and like i've seen shitty people be like can men be sexually harassed or you know (laughs) can like yeah like yeah of course and like i think that takes not i don't want to say more definitely don't want to say like more courage but like that's like definitely has a, an extra layer of complication where it's like, like it's, it's important to address that. Like, this is not like, while it like the majority of victims of like sexual, sexual harassment are, you know, female, like it's not just exclusively. subverting your
2: expectations.
1: Yeah. And then I I think that, that that's kind of throwing a lot of people off. It's like, like, Oh, like, like a, a dude, like, had like unwanted sexual advances, like come on, like and it's like no, yeah. that's dumb, that's shitty, toxic masculinity, and like I think that it's like especially awesome for him to have come out in, in an environment that is contains a lot of toxic masculinity and like to come out and say that, and yeah, you know that's true. Coming from a s- someone who's worked on triple A games, and you know uh, as far as I know, still has at least the passion for the community in the industry and like yeah yeah, like it's it's unfortunate that like the the reaction to it's been pretty shitty like and i haven't checked any like major websites like do you guys know if like ign
0: wrote pieces Uh, on this i don't know but uh i don't know We can check yeah that's because
2: i think the other piece about it too is it just sort of is that it's a wake-up call for folks that try to attribute um, morals to a company. Like, like Naughty Dog would never do this. Like, th- they're the they're the good ones who like tr- who like really try to like m- like make diverse games. You know, with like yeah. with like complicated like protagonists. Like, at the end of the day, like you know, a company is a company. People are people. Like. If, if that is, if, if the surprising part to you is that this is happening at Naughty Dog, like, there's a lot yeah, you should make herself aware of.
0: Yeah. But anyways. Uh, uh, as far as I can tell, um, IGN has not written anything about it. Um, and that's honestly not surprising to me.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing things on their... Uh, on their forums. The, yeah, people talking about it on their forums. And, like, I get that they're more of like just a kind of like, they just kind of stick to like yeah games PR, which yeah. is kind of like, th- that's largely the reason why I don't really like read IGN that much anymore. And those kinds of sites, I don't want to just pick on them. Um, but yeah, like I-, I feel like that's irresponsible as like a cornerstone of the gaming community to for sure. And like, and I'm sure that a big, a big reason why is because they have a lot of money and connections with Sony and Naughty Dog, and you know they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them, and yeah, that right. is super shitty and super unfortunate. And why, like, I really appreciate sites like Polygon and um... see, and Gamespot actually did um, put an article. Um, Naughty Dog responds to sexual harassment allegations, which. Um, yeah, no, like that's. Yeah, it's it's a not and like I kind of expected it's like a paragraph. But yeah, it's actually like a decent article and yeah, yeah. Like, I I just don't get how some places can keep
0: quiet about this. Um, I don't either, and it kind of speaks. It reminds me of, um, I would say that every site was pretty late to the game in addressing Gamergate back in twenty fourteen. Oh yeah, but IGN's was like the most lukewarm shit. Uh, yeah, because it was like. Um, they didn't even mention it by name. They just said the incident or or whatever. Yeah, so, um, and uh, I think that's crap.
1: Yeah, I talked to um, uh, one of the editors at IGN was new, like new at the time, like at PAX that year, at the IGN party, and we're just kind of like talking about it, and like, yeah, th- there was definitely like the vibe of like this is really shitty, and like. I wish I could do more about it, but like I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, but his hands were tied, especially being new there. And it's just, it's super unfortunate that um, somebody that's so big and so prominent in our, uh, in our community, like refuses to like just acknowledge that, you know, that that somebody is, even if, you know, it turns out that this isn't true, which I think that you do need to give people who are, come out the benefit of the doubt because they don't gain anything from no. doing this. Like, like if it is, like, some, you know, farce in line and that comes out, it's like, okay, then that dude, you know, won't get hired somewhere because they'll think that he'll, like, accuse them. Like, like he gets nothing from coming out other than, like, helping people who might have been through similar stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, like, the, the fact that, like some places can keep quiet about it in a community that really needs, um, transparency and like empathy.
0: Yeah. uh, It's really unfortunate. Agreed. Um, and yeah, as Brian was saying earlier, I, I, to our small listener community, I challenge all men to like really think about their own behavior, their friend's behavior. Uh, I want, I want this community to be, better i want the world to be better about dealing with this shit um so if you if you i don't know just learn listen believe victims believe survivors uh and think about your actions and like be aware of your privilege as a man especially if you are a straight white man like the three of us are uh you got to be really really careful and um and honestly, it's not a bad thing. You become a better person and 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 people will like you more for not being a colossal piece of shit. So that's all I have to say about Listen that. Listen more than you talk. Yeah.
2: And don't feel like you need to chime in on everything.
0: Yeah. Um, maybe if you're three white guys, don't start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, there's too many of those. Too many of those. Uh, let's move on to even weirder, more depressing news. Um... EA is shutting down Visceral Games and overhauling uh, their the Star Wars game that they were working on. Um, So, Electronic Arts shutting down Visceral, uh, and they are they're moving the development of this single player Star Wars game to their other studios, uh, according to a blog posted um, the other day by Patrick Sutherland. That
2: sucks. It but, sucks. Yeah, mm, it, and the the latest the
0: latest is that um even though they're shuttering Visceral, it doesn't sound like too many people are getting laid off, which is good. Yeah. Um it sucks, you know. Uh that a studio known for like, you know, hits and misses, but like they started they, they created Dead Space, which is super beloved. Um, I haven't played it, but oh, It's yeah. great. Th- yeah, the, One the, of my the first two
1: games are great and like I thought um, it was fine. Uh, the, the third I liked it the third one um, was a is definitely uh, not as well received um, and that one was the one where you can really feel that EA was like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. pressuring them to make uh, a game that was a bit of a, de- a departure of like what that series was like where it was like a survival horror uh, or like a horror action game and then like by the end it kind of became like Uncharted yeah, um it's yeah. a
2: solid action game. Like, it's yeah. a good game mired in microtransactions mm-hmm. and a really bad online pass system. But like, God, do you guys remember online game. passes? Yeah, like I yeah. remember playing that. My brother bought it. He activated the online pass for his PlayStation account and then didn't Jeez. play it. And yeah. I borrowed it from him and couldn't do any of the co-op stuff, which had side story content in it. But yeah,
0: that's right. Some Ooh. of the content was clogged off to the second co-op player. Mm-hmm. Right?
2: But, it, like, uh, yeah, it's it's just generally sad that they're shutting that down, and I think the, the very newsworthy part of this is, is, is uh, I think, Submit, Sakara wrote an article that essentially was titled It's a Vote for No Confidence um, Toward First, like, Single-Player Games.
0: Yeah. Um, because
2: I, EA essentially, yeah. like, shut down a really, like, popular, like, upcoming one.
0: And I want to be careful how we talk about that because i know i just like poo-pooed jason schreier i have a lot of respect for him as a writer and reporter he's the one that sort of like broke this in a way and or you know he saw the blog post and wrote about it but he also has contacts at ea and other studios and stuff um and he tweeted yesterday that visceral's game was not canned because it was single player from what he's heard sure And and that runs contrast to their ea statement which i think i'm just going to read in full if that's okay with you guys sure um throughout the development process we have been testing the game concept with players listening to the feedback about what and how they want to play and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace soderland said it has become clear that to develop sorry it has become clear that to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come we need to pivot the design we will maintain the stunning visuals, authenticity in the Star Wars universe, and focus on bringing a Star Wars story to life. Importantly, we are shifting the game back to be, or sorry, we are shifting the game to be a broader experience that allows for more variety in player agency, leaning into capabilities of a Frostbite engine and reimagining central elements of the game to give players a Star Wars adventure of greater depth and breadth to explore. So I think a lot of people heard, like read that and immediately said oh they wanted star wars to be like destiny single player yeah. games are dead blah 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 and that's like fair because ea is definitely doing stuff like that but they already have anthem coming out i don't see yeah. why they would need i mean it's not star wars because like star wars would sell no matter what basically but uh i don't see why they would need two games like that um and this reminds me of a tweet from alex navarro at giant bomb um i'm gonna take some time to to find it but he's basically Um, go ahead
2: oh i mean i can jump off that while you're looking for it because it's like you're you're totally right like they're gonna have a monetized quote games as a service or a live game um coming from bioware that you know if with any with any luck will be successful um and so i think I think that there's just a lot of built-up angst right now amongst the community, like, looking at Destiny 2 right now, like, there is sort of a lapse of content, like a content drought, perhaps you could call it, Um, and, like, that's creating a lot of, like, unease for a lot of the players, and I'm sure that, like, the two of you have specific opinions about it as well. Yeah. And so I think when, when when you sort of, like, bring that unease to this story, you then start thinking a little bit more about how, like... Well, okay, what if like EA drops a, a a game like Destiny 2 where there's just like nothing to do and it's Star Wars and it's not the single player like Uncharted game that I wanted?
0: Yeah, um, I yeah, found the tweets of a stretch, but I found the tweets, but yeah. also to respond to that, like they've already got games of service games. Like, I don't know why every single one needs to be one. Like, Battlefield 1 kind of pioneered this weird loot box thing, uh, yeah, and then battlefront 2 which comes out in a couple weeks uh has microtransactions and loot boxes and stuff it's a games of service and and because of all these games that already do this from them it's making me point to alex's tweets which i'm just gonna kind of like i did that statement read all of them uh he says it says a lot that a studio making a traditional action adventure with the biggest franchise in the world suddenly gets shut down like this Quote, it became clear that to deliver an experience players will want to come back to you and enjoy for a long time, we needed to pivot the design. Uh, Visceral is a weird studio with some big hits and big misses, but one of those hits was Dead Space, so I'll always remember them fondly. I'm not asserting that the game was definitely going to be good. They never showed it, so nobody outside EA really knows. What I am asserting is that regardless of its quality, if the numbers people forecasted it as profitable, they'd have put it out anyway. EA has made moves regarding quality. Do you remember NBA Elite? But with it, with this talent and this franchise, you make this move for a very specific reason. And, and that, to me, kind of just, like, says that the game might have been a mess. Like, it might have yeah. just been a mess, with despite all the talent that you have, have, have assembled. You know, Emmy Hennig, being the great storytelling and veteran that she is, like, maybe that game just wasn't great. Like, there's a reason she left Naughty Dog, too, right? Like, maybe... I don't know when you work with intellectual property, like you've got expectations and if you don't meet those expectations, maybe Lucasfilm got in and was like, "Mm, I don't, you know, there's so many different things we don't know about this that I, I think that they just had that statement kind of like drafted for any time they have to cancel a game or something. Like I don't think that points to necessarily them making a destiny style star Wars game. I just think it says that maybe that game despite what we all want it to be just wasn't great. It's, it's a bummer though. Cause I want, it's a a bummer.
2: And like, there's, there is also just like a lot of residual mistrust for EA as well. That, that just sort of thrown at any announcement EA makes. And so, um, I, I can I can logically kind of see why people jump to that, but I also like think that a lot of folks who are much more knowledgeable about us when it comes to like how games are made and like that because they report on it, like you know Jason Schreier, or Alex Davaro, like they like when their when their gut gut call would would be to say that it's a it's a uh, potentially could have just been a mess. Like it could have just been a mess, and maybe it's like you know when you procrastinate doing a group project for like a class and all of a sudden like you just need to like you just realize you haven't done anything and it's you've you've been spending all of this money or you've been spending all of this time and now you have nothing to show for it that could have just been what it is
0: yeah yeah either way that's what
2: 1313 kind of was at least with yeah In blood, sweat, and pixels it, it's yeah.
1: just so crazy that like like a star wars game is going to sell no matter what
0: yeah
1: and like yeah. that they wouldn't put it out there and like I it's hard for me to not be cynical because it seems Mm -hmm. like it seems like they're trying to create a game as like a business product and like that's fine but like I it it just really sucks for like the studio where like I'm sure that they were making a game that they were super passionate about and they were super into and like EA kind of went in there and it's like oh well this isn't, like, like, the cash form we want it to be. And, right. like, we're in Destiny, like, the reason why, um, like, it's paced a certain way is because, um, like, you hit level 20 at a certain point because, like, certain checkboxes that, like, Destiny, like, or Bungie needs to hit where it's like, okay, we can sell, like, this amount of play time to, uh, like, advertisers and to other companies as, like, this is how much engagement we're getting out of this game. And like the destiny is very much designed like very specifically to hit certain metrics and hit certain points. And, um, like it's, it's designed to be profitable where Mm -hmm. like that game is also like very finely tuned. And we have like, we've been talking a lot this week about how we're like just hitting this like really heavy fatigue with it. And, uh, yeah, like I, it, it just sounds like that's what EA's trying to make. And, like, you know, they do have Anthem, but, um, I mean, look how many... Like, Activision has a bunch of, like, different first-person shooter IPs. like, Yeah. And, you know, like, they're going to have... They had Destiny come out last month. They're going to have Call of Duty coming up. I feel like they have another first-person shooter coming, like, around the corner, too. Um, oh, I don't know. Like, like, they're not afraid to double down on similar titles like if especially if they're in vogue and like that's what's gonna bring in a lot of money I, I it's just i have a hard time not seeing this as like they're building a game from the ground up as like a money-making system and like as a business i get that like that's what they're that's what they're a business to do is like to make money but yeah um it just really sucks that like when it's at the expense of like Creative types who are making something that they're super passionate about and like finally getting a chance to work on, like the biggest IP in the world, and then to have what seems like capitalistic interests come in and just shut that down—it's upsetting. Yeah, yeah like, and, and you know and the root we'll of that know. is that
0: like yeah, the, you know, capitalistic interests is the reason why EA has all of the rights to make the game and why Disney bought Star Wars anyway. Like it, it. <sighs> Yeah, this is all just so frustrating, especially when you consider, as this article mentions, like Battlefront Two is coming out in a couple weeks. Respawn, the makers of Titanfall, is also working on a Star Wars game, which will—I mean, who knows what that will be? But like, based on their talents, it could be like a really high octane multiplayer game that like keeps people playing for a while. And Battlefront Two will certainly keep people playing for a while. I just don't understand, like. I don't know, if we are to believe the narrative that like it costs too much money and it's not worth the return to make a single-player adventure game like Uncharted for EA, um, you know, these executives probably make enough money each year to fund a Star Wars game, like a, a one-single-player Star Wars game. And it's, it's bullshit, frankly, <laughs> that the market numbers don't suggest that it's worth it.
1: Like um, you guys remember that for Dead Space three, they explicitly yes. said like this game needs to sell five million copies for it to be profitable. It's like yep, you need to fucking adjust your business model. Like what what Pay led you to believe that that game was going to make less. five million dollars or five million sales? Like yeah, like th- that's insane. And the thing I mean, and like the thing about this specific game, like that Visceral was making, it's like it's Star Wars. It's going to sell, and like it, you're going to scrap it, like you've already put so much money into it. Like let them finish the game, like help them make it better and then put it out there. Like it's, it's going to sell like, yeah, I, I, yeah. Like it's not a dead space where it's like not a known quantity. And it's, you know, like if, if I imagine this was their one star Wars game for that, like period of time. Now that, Mm -hmm. now that's just a vacuum where there's not a star Wars game. Like I'm sure that they will like, shovel something out, like onto, you know, on mobile,
0: make like a big mobile game or something. They've got galaxies. Yeah, it's, it's true. They're already making money off of it, so just like let us have a great single player Star Wars game, anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: it what, might. What if they? What if they just announced that this is going to be like Star Wars Knights of the
0: First Order or something? Like, I don't know. So that's the thing. I, I, the game gonna is gonna like, be. canceled, so I guess like we're still getting the game. You're but, getting a game, yeah. So yeah. yeah, like I guess that's great, cool. But there's something fishy about this. The game wasn't slated to come out to like fiscal. Quarter four 2019, or whatever, yeah, which could late, go late into fiscal
1: 2019. So, like, which early, goes
0: into early 2020.
2: Um, I think no, so the, yeah, the, if, they, if they were to roll back to their fiscal end of their fiscal uh, year, yeah.
1: So, the the fiscal year of the Polygon article made it sound like the fiscal year of 2019 ends like March 2019. That doesn't make any sense, uh, it's either anymore. March
2: 2019 or, or, or it's March 2020. I'm yeah, not sure.
1: I, I, I think it's just the year that. I think it's like the fiscal year in which like that ends. Okay. Um, so it, it was supposed to be early 2019, yeah, 2019. So yeah,
2: like that sort of deal where it, like it's just, it would be like we ran into this similar fiscal year thing this year with Mass Effect Andromeda where game mm-hmm. was the game was pushed back to that fiscal year end and then it had its own problems, but, but that's an issue aside. Like it's interesting i don't know all of it, this is interesting to me but at the end of the day i kind of feel like ea has kind of cleaned up their act a little bit with a lot of their like microtransactiony shit because they have been a lot worse with that that um that dungeon master game that was on like ios if you guys remember or if you guys remember it oh yeah they was, like
0: brought back an old franchise and completely fucked it up right and it was just
2: it, it was literally like like it was just to Built play. to completely waste your time unless you paid yeah. money into it. That was around the same time Dead Space 3 came out. And I think since then they've kind of rolled that back. I mean, one example is like, yeah, like everything about loot boxes is like kind of weird and, and whatnot, but they also announced that there wasn't going to be a season pass for Battlefront 2. So That's right. Or was that or was that rolled back? I can't remember. Because I remember them like, th- like mid-April there was talk about how some developer said like for, for it, he said, oh, well, yeah, we're not planning a season pass. And then I think EA may have rolled back and said, but we're not ruling it out. However, I think with this aggressive loot box monetization, I don't think you're going to see... I think you're going to see free content for, for Battlefront 2, which I think is cool. Like, at the end of the day, if if I buy loot boxes or not, I still get maps, and I, and the and the community doesn't get segregated. Yeah. That said, I thought that Battlefield 1's, like gun progression was like mind-numbingly slow and bad and i could have bought loot boxes but i didn't yeah also didn't put a ton of time into that game so i hope that battlefront 2 kind of expedites progression a bit without the need for loot boxes but i think that like ea has kind of shown that like they aren't necessarily like the worst thing ever anymore i think as a company i actually really respect them for a lot of their like workplace and management practices however like Monetization is something that's 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 just going to piss everyone off regardless of how they do it. Yeah. I mean, what if what if it costs what if it has to cost $80 instead of instead of 60? Like that's also a tough pill to swallow.
0: Yeah. Uh currently on the PlayStation store, I cannot buy a season pass. There's a digital deluxe bundle for $80 um which includes extra shit, I don't know, but there's no season pass, which is kind of promising. Uh, it's probably all going to be loot box driven and like in-game currency driven so um, yeah I played Anyways. did you guys play a little bit of that of that beta at all I played like no. a couple of rounds I'm so bad at shooting on PC that I was like I can't do this
2: I, I have the I have the access I, I think I just never canceled my my, my access thing the EA access for PC so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to actually like, like plow through the uh, single player on it there you go cool. uh, I read the book the book's really good the lead up book to the game did you get oh, a physical two.
0: copy or did you get a kindle
2: um, I did an Audible oh, okay. um, mm-hmm. audiobook of it and it was read by Janina Gavankar. That's cool. The mm-hmm. the actress who is the main character in Battlefront 2 and uh, it was a little Hunger Gamesy, but in general it made me like the characters quite a bit and so I mm-hmm. think that the single player will be a pretty interesting campaign.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to the final piece of news which is that IGN has acquired Humble Bundle which is confusing because most people don't know that ign isn't just the website that covers video games and and like pop culture they are like a company that has like a product division and like a marketing division and you know a sales division basically um that yeah i don't I, i mean it's still weird because this is like the first i guess uh giant bomb actually Drew this parallel, and I, I'm just going to seal it. Is that like this is basically the same thing as GameStop acquiring uh, game, Informer. Uh, game Informer? yeah. yeah. Or mm. a similar type. It's a similar type of relationship where, yeah, except it's yeah, like the editorial, inverse. editorial it's, staff that could be yeah.
2: influenced by yeah. a game sale.
0: Well, but so the, the
1: thing that makes it sketchy is where like Humble Bundle is largely known as being a. Like digital storefront where, um, like, like uh, games are sold as like part of, like, deeply discounted bundles with profits or where profits are divided between Humble Bundle and then also like, the developers and different charities, um, Mm -hmm. and then they also just have like a more typical storefront where like again like discounts are pretty regular but, um, recently Humble Bundle, um, started getting into. Uh, video game publishing where they have funded like independent games such as uh, A Hat in Time the uh, platform that's coming out that's been kind of under some heat because John Tron lent his voice to it and is well also the
0: the Mm. lead developer has been known to like dox and harass women
1: yeah Uh, real good stuff but um, yeah yeah, so they've yeah they've started like publishing and funding games and now um, which means that IGN is going to be publishing and funding video games and that draws in some weird ethical questions of like how does this like video like video game media conglomerate um handle like the really tricky waters of like talking about those games without the pressure of like biased coverage yeah yeah i mean it's yeah it's just a weird thing like it it there's definitely a conflict of interest. I'm not saying that IGN is definitely going to exploit this. And like, like, I, I think that they need to be smart and like, um, like m- m- the re- website I've been reading the most lately is the ringer. And anytime they talk about, um, game of Thrones or insecure or anything from HBO, like they put a disclaimer, like, Hey, like, like disclaimer, like HBO was one of the initial investors of TheRinger.com." Right, like, and you know they—they're very transparent. And I think that IGN needs to um, be careful about how they do. It's—it's like, it's just a weird thing. Like, why did IGN buy Humble Bundle?
0: Like, I can't I, really think of a good reason. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know what they can do to help them, as they say, continue their quest. Uh,
1: you know, yeah, I mean, and like from the perspective of of like me being a fan of Humble Bundle. Like, there are far worse places that it could go.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, like, there are far worse people that could be running Humble Bundle, but...
0: I can think um, of... uh, You know, so I don't visit IGN that much, but I, when I do visit, I, I feel like there's always a link to buy a game. Um, yeah. Next to, like, the overview page or something. And I can just see Humble links being, like, embedded mm-hmm. onto every game page for IGN.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and then... Yeah, so, yeah. From that perspective, it definitely reminds me of GameStop buying, yeah. um, like Game Informer. It's like, oh, you're on Game Informer. Like, here's this game. Now go buy it at GameStop. Like, right? They're yeah, just going to be promoting their own storefront and, um, kind yeah. of, yeah, just directing traffic to a video game store that they owned. And yeah, it's yeah, it, it's, it just brings in a lot of like really sketchy questions and like. I don't know it I just IGN just seems like a weird person to have or weird conglomerate to have bought in humble bundle and like yeah like I, I think I, go ahead
2: oh I just think like that said we we were also earlier just talking about how safe they are about everything too and I I don't think that they'll step on anyone to anyone's toes with this like I think, like we mentioned, uh, you know, they've got deals with Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo and all these places. I'm sure. And so, if they were all of a sudden just pitching their own storefront over all the rest of this stuff, it's probably it would probably like make more enemies than they'd want. So, I almost imagine like this could be the most most sterile company to purchase this uh, um, humble bundle in well, some the, ways. The, the, the could reason be.
1: they're safe in the sense that they aren't going to make any like controversial statements on their website. They're going to draw them right. a lot of ire. Like they just don't want to be like, they don't want to be themselves a news story where right. it's like, Oh shit. Like, um, I don't want to throw any specific person on the bus. Cause I actually like a lot of the talent there. So like, like, Oh, like Ryan McCaffrey said this, like, and then, you know, there's like an investigation. Like they don't want like a Nick Robinson. They don't want, you know, oh, yeah. like, they, like they're safe in that way because they don't want to fuck their money up. Like IGN is absolutely a company that is like explicitly and unabashedly like for profit. So like, I like that. That's what worries me. Like they're safe because like they don't want to step on anyone's toes. They're safe in the way that Tom Brady's safe. Like he doesn't want to fuck up his money. Sure. Like they're not safe because like they're, you know, they're trying to be like polite, or like they—they just—they really don't want to fuck up their revenue, and like, yeah, that they, like they, they've—they were like one of the first like like really big like pivots to video that I really noticed. And again, like having conversations with people that work there, like, like what they care about is video because that's where they make their money.
0: Yeah, that's where all the advertising is.
1: Yeah, and so like that's that's what worries me is that a company that's like super explicitly for profit, like. Like now, now they know. have a store like, and yeah, and, yeah, I feel like, like I, I, I don't think it's going to like be the like worst case scenario. I, I do feel like they will find a good balancer. I, I don't know. Like my big concern was more with humble bundle and what happens to that afterwards. Cause like personally, like I don't really go to IGN. So like, I don't see that really affecting me too much. Um and, whether that's a selfish and narrow-minded like view of the situation, like I'm, I'm worried about Humble Bundle as like this platform that like spotlights a lot of like really great independent games and you mm-hmm. know gives to good causes. Like,
0: yeah, I, I, I don't really see this. any of that ending. I just it. I don't know how else to describe this whole thing as other than, other than weird. Like, I'm just trying to think about yeah. how the 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 money flow works. Like, does Humble have bigger ambitions than what they're already doing? Because they're probably they're already doing like. A monthly game bundle they're doing book bundles they're doing the uh that thing where you you pay like a certain amount per month and you get like 12 games or something they've yeah. got their store which is basically just an equivalent to steam but you can donate to charity through it um so i, I, I did do, 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 do their goals do they not have enough money for to support their goals so does every cut of a humble bundle sale now go to ign to fund It's all just—it's all really interesting. I'm very curious to see how things shake out with this.
2: I think you're going to see expansion. I'm sure that a a purchase like this never happens without a like, you know, future plan of expansion in some way. And so I'm sure that we'll see some some expansion that like I can't anticipate knowing what it'd be. And then I think on the other side of that too, um, you will probably see more collaborations. I still, I still completely like in the back of my head, I'm imagining what like the Brian Altano Humble Bundle yeah. will be, or the Max Scoville Humble Bundle will be, because like that will probably be a theme that you might see in the next six months, like Editor's Choice
0: uh, or something, right? Editor's, Editor's choice, choice, yeah. 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 And, and
2: all ag- proceeds go to charity.
1: Again, yeah. my concern with that is, is like they do, they do a lot of like advertising. They have a lot of like business partners with. Games and it's like, am I really gonna get Brian Altano's list or am I gonna get, um, like, like oh like Naughty Dog presents Uncharted on Brian Altano's humble bundle, like like <laughs> yeah. like that, that's we'll what I'm concerned out. about like there's so many corporate yeah. interests with IGN and like like that th- that's where I'm like worried about you know like not necessarily like outright like collusion or you know shady b- business practices but like it ultimately we'll come down to like our like which which way can we pivot this to make us money. Not necessarily like like how do we spotlight things that like we're genuinely passionate about. Like it's like who paid us to
0: promote their game on our storefront. Right. I hope like yeah, I hope that sort of I don't know. Yeah. We'll see, won't we? Um I move. think
2: their in their editorial team will have enough integrity to speak out as needed. But <laughs> yeah. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, do we have time to talk briefly about what, we, what we've been playing? I haven't played too many games. Um, yeah, I, same. I've been coming home a little bit later and not really starting dinner till later, and then by then it's like I don't know. We, we've just been watching a lot of Breaking Bad, which is really great. Um, uh, but uh, Sardia
2: Valley's dope. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you? So I did think- we talk about the show or the game at all when it came out? Or was the show a thing it? when it came out? No, I, I haven't played it, like, at all. Okay.
1: It's,
2: uh, I mean, it's been talked to death by other people, but you essentially play as a person that you create who is uh, gifted a farm from their from their dying grandfather um, to for you to take over whenever you realize that you are 100% um, feeling unfulfilled with your corporate life. And so your character just... We begin the, begin the game on this, like, this farm that just has been, like, left to, um, like, left to just gather weeds and rocks and, like, trees, and so it's just a mess. And so you just, like, you just wake up in the morning, and you do some work on your farm, and then you talk to some neighbors and go into the mines and shit, and then you, the, the whole loop of the game is you have an energy meter that depletes, and you need to go to bed before your energy meter runs out, and then you wake up the next morning, and you just kind of keep making small... Iterative, um, you know, touches to your farm and, and, uh, grow plants and sell plants and romance someone. So it's a whole lot of fun. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really easy to pick up and put down. If I waited to play it until it was on the switch yeah. and I'm currently getting raised eyebrows from Kelsey cause she wants to see my farm, even though
0: it's really ugly still. Um, what do you like about it? Cause every time someone talks about it, it, it honestly sounds like chores and, I, I don't know. There's just something about it that maybe it's the art style and stuff, too. But I've never I never played a Harvest Moon game, which is which this is heavily inspired by. Um, and I'm just and, I'm and just sort of curious, like what the the, the the base appeal of a game like this is.
1: And that's where I'm having a trouble, like getting into it, because like everyone like says that the game's super charming, but it's like it doesn't have like the like ultra charm that Harvest Moon or Animal Crossing has.
2: Yeah, mm, I think you'll you you'll find more there than you think. Like it doesn't have like the
1: cute animal neighbors
2: that just like spew
1: nonsense to you. Exactly. Then why why would I bother?
2: <laughs> because I think that it's a much more it. It's like Animal Crossing, except you're in control of the the time, and so you get a lot more of the like fun little interactions with people and like holidays and progression of the game than you do with Animal Crossing, where you have to like where you eventually just have nothing to do for the rest of the day. Um, okay. You know, but, and you have to wait, you have to actually go to bed in real life.
1: But how many to, anthropomorphic animals are your friends with? Oh shit.
2: Um, I have a nice kitty. Oh. Uh, anthropomorphic. There are these, you know, <laughs> there's, there's none. Okay. But there's, there's little cute little like things. I don't know what they are because I haven't built up my community center yet, but I see them in the corner of the screen sometimes and they're adorable and I have to collect like plants and shit for them. Yeah.
1: No, I, I believe it's good. I just, it like, it's, it seems like one of those games mm-hmm. where like just looking at like images or maybe from like just a couple of videos it, it just isn't enough. Um, like, and I, I'm sure yeah. once I get my hands on, I'm like, okay, this is it. I get it. I
2: think you'll like it, but I hear what you're saying. Like yeah. it, 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 I sort of felt the same way. And I think what drew me in was, um, Kelsey and then our friend Amber both, uh, like got very, like very, very into it for a long time on PC and like their passion for the game kind of rubbed off on me a little bit and made me want to play it. And then I decided to hold off until the switch version came out. And so now I'm kind of just like, you know, kind of making my way through it and it's a game that doesn't explain itself very well. So you kind of, I, I, you get that, the joy of discovering things um, pretty regularly. And it's, it's one of those, it's one of those games where I'm like three clicks away from pulling up a guide, but I just did something cool. I don't really want to look up more stuff yet because mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the the rush.
0: Mm-hmm. It's cute. Yeah, I cool. mean, it sounds sounds cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I ever get a Switch, I will try it. But
2: um, the other thing I've been playing is HQ, that trivia game they mentioned oh, on Waypoint Radio. That's Right. <laughs> Download that shit, you guys. It's bizarre. Okay, I'm downloading it right now. I think that I I legitimately think that they are <laughs> they are doing. I don't. They're trying to do something with the host. I think to sort of tell a story, like he Scott, the host. Is the HQ is this trivia app that they have. They have games twice a twice a day at, at at noon Pacific time and six PM Pacific time, where you can just play a twelve question trivia game with thousands of other people, and you have a host doing sort of a live game show with it. And the winners of the the game get uh, a lump sum of money split between all of the winners. So it could be one person, it could be, you know, dozens or whatever. Usually I, I've only been sweet, seen six is the highest and it's like real money, $250 for you or for whoever wins these, these trivia games. The questions are pretty like, you know, classic trivia questions, but what's weird is you have this host in this live video of him like commenting on the chat, commenting on Twitter, commenting on like the trivia questions and like the chat's in love with him. His name's Scott, and uh, like they just keep doing weird stuff. Where he will just sort of comment on like current events, and then yesterday he wasn't there, and there was a different host named Sarah who was there, yeah. and the chat was like freaking out. And then today he was back, but he was like really, really sweaty
0: while he was <laughs> on on the app, and it was he seemed very flustered. Uh-huh. I think that they're building a lore. That's kind of great. This actually reminds me of this movie that Grace and I watched not rec- or not too long ago uh with emma roberts um thank you no it's called nerve 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 is correct it's called nerve um and it's the same sort of thing like she and others are playing this game in real life where people are constantly filming her and daring her to do crazier shit for real money Hmm. um so there's oh like obs- i think i
2: saw it previous
0: there's like observers and then there's performers or something um anyway that that whole idea of like a bunch of people playing a game show together at the same time reminded me of that and 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 it being set to a certain time of, of day um anyway that sounds cool i i, I just downloaded it and I'll, I'll check it out tomorrow on my lunch break or something use swans as your reference Oops, I already logged in. Fuck. Were you supposed to get money if I, if I did that? I think I got, like, an extra life or something mm-hmm. where I can, like, jump back in if I get a question wrong,
1: but... Hey, uh, Rhodes, what's your uh, account name so I can reference you? You fucker. <laughs>
0: uh, Rhodesy. Rhodesie, cool. Cool. Um, if you want to talk about Pajama Sam or Cuphead... Oh, my God, yeah. I.
1: So, The Ringer put up an article last week about... Uh, it was like an oral history of backyard baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, dope. and so I read that it was actually a really good piece that I would super recommend just checking out just cause the story of that studio and like the creation of that game is really like genuine and sweet. Um, and so like from that, like last week I downloaded a bunch of, um, like of the old, like humongous entertainment, the developer of backyard baseball, um, Downloaded a bunch of their games, and I remembered that uh, like four years ago, uh, they had a bunch of their games like on sale on iOS for like a buck a piece, and so I mm-hmm. bought a bunch of them. And then today, uh, on my lunch break, I started playing Pajama Sam Two on my phone, and uh, it probably took me like an hour and a half to beat. Just like because I picked it up and was like, "Oh yeah," I literally remember the like every puzzle of this game. Um, but hmm. it was just, yeah, like a super lighthearted, fun, like point and click adventure game where like normally in point and click adventure games, it's like if there's, if you can do something with this thing, you click on it and like, you'll get some kind of reaction. And in those games, like you'll just like click on like, Oh, there's like a random light. You'll click on it. And then like, it'll have a little like goofy animation to it. And just like, there's just mm-hmm. so much care and humor and like that, that, those environments are so just kind of alive and colorful. And it's just, it's just very pleasant. And, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm playing that. And I have a few of those games downloaded to my computer that I might just like, if I'm over Cuphead and not feeling Destiny this weekend, I'm just like, oh, I might, I might just put an hour into another Pajama Sam or a, a putt putt game. Nice. Like, who knows? So, so, yeah. Like, we were talking about, um, or you asked me if I tried um, Not Stardew Valley. What's the uh, uh,
0: Thimbleweed uh, Puts. Park? Oh, the, yeah, oh. the new Thimbleweed Park.
1: Yeah, and it's like something about that. I don't know, like I because I never thought of myself as being big into point and click adventure games until I realized that that's exactly what those humongous <laughs> games were. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I, I I miss those. And I guess like the Telltale games are the current version of point-and-click adventure games
0: yeah like um, the streamlined modern version sure but like yeah we park i hear is like old school style adventure game
1: yeah yeah um, and i mean these are not like difficult they're you know they're kids games yeah. but there's something about them that's like really endearing in ways that a lot of other point-and-click adventure games aren't mm-hmm. um like yeah like, it, it's just and I'm sure it's like 95% nostalgia, like at least, but uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it was just a pleasant little like, oh my gosh, like this, this was my shit. Like I mostly played console games growing up except for those humongous games like backyard baseball, backyard football, pajama, Sam,
0: pretty fish. Yeah. I think I played those on my like original, I had one of those IMAX It had like the color backing on it. Oh yeah, the classic semi hollow or semi transparent. Yeah, you're yeah. mm-hmm. a rad. I think I probably played those games on on that. Hell yeah! Played on some old ass PC. Yeah, but yeah, cool shit. Cool. Yeah, uh, it's a fun. It's sometimes fun to like dive back into shit like that. Um, yeah, especially when the nostalgia holds up. Because <laughs> T- totally. often it will go back to old games and be like, "Oh shit, this isn't fun." But you know, point and click adventure games are like they lend themselves to you know to repeat visits because the mechanics don't require a lot of dexterity and like they might be a little obtuse but they're not like not fun to play they play very similarly to how they did yeah like you don't need to worry
1: about like a physics engine being like out
0: of yeah a control
1: scheme being weird it's like no like it's you move the mouse and then you click it on different things Yep. um yeah it's cool it's it is and like now i kind of like we were talking about like i never played um uh what uh have the tentacle yeah so, yeah like which like i think i have on like playstation mm-hmm. um like and i might need to go back and do that but like i tried playing the grim fandango remastered whenever that came out yeah um and i don't know if it's just bad because the way that you need to play it on playstation is like you actually move around the environment like you would like any kind of like 3d like adventure game
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and like, it just felt very cumbersome, but, um, yeah, like I am just getting like point like adventure game fever right now. And I'm going to kind of see how, see where that takes me. I think I might just like try downloading a bunch and like, yeah, go for diving it. Diving into it. Oh uh, yeah. Just, just a good breakaway from like the destinies and yeah, everything that like, it's the season four right now. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Thank you all for listening to our show about video games. You can follow us at fans of genre on Twitter and I am at Rhodes Clark.
2: I'm at Brian T. Swanson.
0: I am at Mikey Krieger. Big thank you to John Bash who recorded our awesome theme song. You can find more of his music at johnbash.com. Check out InfiniteDogs.com where we occasionally write articles. Um, that's going to do it for us as fans of the genre. We hope you found something to enjoy.